This is my show. Yeah. Okay. That's well, what you should say. This is my show. This is my welcome show. Welcome to my show. Right. So. This is my show and welcome <laughs> to my show. We're all insane. All right. That's funny. That, I'm using it. That's what I'm using. So that being said, take it away. Okay. So I got pregnant four months after I got married and I was shocked. I mean, we weren't. You weren't trying? We weren't trying, but we obviously weren't like not trying. Okay. How old um, were you? I was 29, 28. Okay. I don't even know. God, I don't okay. even remember. I'm 32 now. So yeah, somewhere in that range. You um, look young. Thank you. I feel like I'm starting to look really old. <laughs> no, you're not at all. You look good. I wouldn't have guessed you were in your 30s. I really thought you were in your 20s. Really? No. Uh-huh. Well, that's a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> so I got pregnant and I was very excited, but I called my sister and I was hysterically crying. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to have this baby? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't like scared to have a baby. I was scared to physically have the baby. Like, how am I going to get this thing out of me? Yeah. So like, like the it's actual in, like now birth. it's got to come out. Yes. Okay. So not about having the kid, just the birth. No. Okay. And I'd be I, scared of that too. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is serious now. Like, yeah. I'm Can't go back having home. a baby, but yeah. like it's got to come out. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if that was like just like terrified, never doing it before. Right. Um, and she's like, you're fine. Like it's fine. Like this is so exciting. Like this is awesome. So yeah. I got more excited about it and I found out I was pregnant super early. So I was like four weeks pregnant and I felt so good. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way like this can't be real because I feel so good. Like I feel just like on top of the world. I feel healthy. I feel like when I wake up, I can jump out of bed and like week five came and I felt like I got hit by a train. Really? Like oh your energy God. just went down? I or? couldn't get out of bed. At week five? At week five, I got insanely sick, threw up. The whole entire time. See, I'd be scared of that. Like that's something that scares me is like the morning sickness because I, I hate that. Well, I didn't even. I'm like, okay, morning sickness. Like right. you throw up. Like I can throw up. Mm-hmm. I'll just throw up and yeah. move on. Like right. it'll be fine. And then it was like dry heaving nonstop. Uh, like to the point where like I had rashes on my face yeah. and it was like from the blood vessels like breaking because I was just so sick. And the whole time all I could eat was um cinnamon like the brown cinnamon sugar pop tarts oh oh those are my favorite they're so good (laughs) Good. they are so good i'm like wait it could be worse yeah but everyone's like you need to eat like Uh you have to eat you're growing a baby i'm like i can't eat i remember one time my mom was there she's like you need to be taking your vitamin because you can't you're not eating and i was like i can't take that because if i take it i'm just gonna throw it up so Mm -hmm. there's no point she's like you need to take it i was like fine you want me to take this vitamin took it not even five minutes later threw it up Everything. Everything came out of me. I don't know what it was. Now, looking back and like doing more research and seeing other people, there's a thing called HG and it's like hyper, I can't even pronounce it, mm-hmm. but it's where you're just so sick the entire time. Like I would so wake up. So it was up like that the whole pregnancy or just like? The whole time. From five weeks on. Yes. And I, so this is, I think, where it like gets into right. the story. I mean, because that on its own is like. Hard. Right. Like, you know, you have the flu, like you're sick. Right. Or I, I feel like even for people that have had, what I've heard, I don't know much about it, but with people that have had morning sickness, it's more like a trimester. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's a, it's not the whole. The whole time. It's usually like around. I want to say like after the first trimester, you usually start to like feel better and that right. kind of like subsides and you kind of get your life back a little yeah. bit. Um, but I kept just thinking like, all right, 
it's going to go away. Like this is going to go away. And it just did not stop. Like to the point where I was working, but I would get to work Mm -hmm. and go inside and just get like violently sick the whole time. And I would just bring my pillow to work and lay my head on the desk and be like, all right, well, I'm here. But like. That's miserable. Can't do anything. Right. So I think that's when I got depressed Mm -hmm. is from being so sick all the time. Like I couldn't even drive. I couldn't do anything. Well, I think also like, you know how you feel when you're not eating for a day or like when you, that on its own can take everything out of you. So not being able to eat and throwing up every day for months in a row. I feel like in general, that would just suck the life out of anybody. Yes. Yeah. So there wasn't anything going in my body. Right. Like, and then I'm growing a human and were the doctors concerned at all about it like did they say not really like I think that they just see everything so it's kind of like they're not surprised by it yeah you know and all my levels were always great the baby was healthy so I think that if things weren't going as well as they were they would have been more concerned um but everything was always fine Mm -hmm. like my appointments went great everything with her was always good um so it was fine but I don't even remember what month it was, but we lived by Piney Ridge. I think that's what it's called. Pine, or Piney Run Park or something like okay. that. Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So I'm sitting on the couch and I'm there by myself, like with my dog. And I'm like, what if when I have this baby, I took her there and just threw her in the water? Like was, you just randomly had that thought. Just, it just came were, in my head. And this is why you were still pregnant. I was still pregnant. Okay. So I was like, oh my God, like that's terrifying. What was wrong with me? And then I just like pushed it out of my head and like nothing like that ever came up again. And it scared me, but it didn't scare me because I didn't have her. So I knew I couldn't do that. Like I knew nothing like that could happen because she's inside of me and she's fine. So you had a thought. Yes. While I was pregnant. You like throw her in the river? Throw her in the. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck? wrong with me? Right. Like, I'm the crazy lady that is on the news. Or even just like in general. But in general, I mean, like you said, like you can't control your thoughts. So like for you in your own head, you're probably like, why would I even think of something like that? Yeah. yeah. And I had always wanted kids. Like I was married to the man of my dreams. We had this cute little house. Like I was pregnant. I was so excited. And I was so sick. And I think I just, my body just was like completely out of whack it was just horrible yeah and I never told anybody that right I never told anybody because I'm like well I'm not gonna tell anybody that because that's insane right like they'll think I'm crazy they will think I'm crazy and it'll just be horrible like who thinks that when they're pregnant right so I had the baby I was 41 weeks pregnant I was throwing up through my delivery couldn't dilate to 10 centimeters, was in labor for 41 hours, pushing the whole nine yards, you oh, know, and everything that could possibly like go wrong. Like I was having <laughs> right. back labor, so I got an epidural, but it wasn't working. And I'm like, okay. So the deli- I was going to ask you how the delivery went. Not well. <clears throat> Not well. But okay. like, you know, like I was like, all right, pregnancy has been terrible. Right. So delivery, like this is going to be a breeze. I'm going to pop this thing right mm-hmm. out and like we're going to get on with our lives and and never look back at that part. Right. And that didn't happen. So I ended up with a C-section, which, you know, I, I'm i not a planner at all. So like, you know, people are like, I have this birth plan and this is how I'm going to do it. And I was just kind of like, 
I don't know, it's just going to happen how yeah. it happens because it's going to have to happen. So if I push her out or I have a C-section, she's got to come out one way or another. So that never like really scared me to have one. And I remember after I had her, it was like, I want to say like over an hour before I even held her. And I was so tired and they just like laid her on me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to do anything? I'm so tired. I can't even like sit up. And they pushed on my stomach so hard. And I was just like, it was just a miserable experience. Like it was really hard to enjoy like the little baby right. that I just had. Why'd they push on your stomach? Because I guess they're like making sure everything's coming out okay. and like there's no blood staying yeah. in there. Like I, I still don't even know. Okay. And that was when she was, they like laid her on you. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. So it just like wasn't a very happy no, moment. No, it wasn't like this like, oh my gosh, she's here. Like yeah. moment. She was the cutest little thing I'd ever seen. And I was like so happy. And I remember in the hospital, I had, you know, dreamed of like the cutest little outfits and like the little letter board and like the newborn pictures. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, she's going to be so fun to dress. And like, we're going to just have like the most fun time. And it came time to take her pictures. And I couldn't move. And I couldn't get her dressed. And I was like crying because every little movement like I did to get the right picture. And my camera that I have is heavy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how heavy it could be, mm-hmm. but it was heavy for me to hold and like try to maneuver. And I was so upset because this is like. So like you couldn't do it because you were depressed or tired. I or was both? just tired okay. and so sore and like mm-hmm. having the C-section, like I could yeah. barely move. So how long after was this with the pictures? This was before we went home from the hospital. Okay, so I was so still right like okay. very, yes, very yeah. freshly out of mm-hmm. this. Um, And I was just so upset. I was like, I just wanted to take her picture. Like, I just wanted to do, like, this is what I thought was going to, like, get me, like, through my pregnancy and, you know, the delivery was now, like, having her and doing these things that you think about the whole time you're pregnant. And we went home and everything was fine. Like, she was nursing great. I, you know, that wasn't even something I was super set on. I was like, I just have to feed her. So, Mm -hmm. like, we'll try nursing. If she nurses, she does. If she doesn't. She doesn't. Right. I mean, at this point, you've gone through it all. Oh, my gosh. Like, there's no way she's going to nurse because nothing else is going right. So nursing is going to be miserable. Right. But that was the only thing that went right. And I don't think my body handled that well either. Like, I thought it was great. But when I would nurse her, I would feel like this hot rush, like, go through my body. And it was probably just my hormones and it was probably not helping me get back to a better place right. with the hormones with breastfeeding her. But I was like, but this is the only thing that's gone right for us. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to stop. So I went to my six-week appointment and they give you like this, in my opinion, like the dumbest little survey. And it's like, are you crying? Can you get out of bed? Do you want to be around your baby? And I'm like, well, of course, like, I want to be around my baby, but I'm tired. Right. And I'm, no, I'm not crying, but like, I'm tired. So if I do cry, it's mostly because like, I just want to go to sleep. Right. And I started crying and I couldn't stop crying in her office. And she was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to prescribe you some medicine. And instantly, like her saying that, 
I think made it almost worse because I was like, it, like no. confirmed something. Yeah. I was like, no, like, no, 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 no. Like that means something's wrong with me. Like bad. Like I had always viewed like medicine as like, why do you need medicine? Like right. you shouldn't need medicine to be happy. You know, like I'm not yeah. ever going to take medicine. So now. I'm like I, similar in that way too. I have this tiny baby and I'm supposed to be taking care of her. And now I'm going to be on medication. Right. And, you know, all the side of it just like then suddenly was like a whole new like battle for me. So I was so upset. And I said, can you bring my husband in? And can you tell him? Because I don't want to tell him. Yeah. Did she give you like any explanation or she just kind of was like, I'm going to prescribe you something? She was just like, I'm going to prescribe you something. Meanwhile, I'm six weeks postpartum. Yeah. Like I'm crying because I'm exhausted. I'm right. at the doctor's office. You're asking me all these dumb questions. Yeah. And I think too, like I almost feel like she at that moment, she probably could have handled it better in the sense of like sitting down and being like, what's going on? Yes. Not like, OK, I'm going to put you on medicine. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then also going on the medicine, breastfeeding was the only thing going right. And then could you not do that on the medicine or? I don't think so. I don't know. At the time I was probably just like, oh my gosh, if I take that, I can't do this and right. this is going right. And you yeah. know, I was all, I was all over the place. So he came in and she told him and we left and I had the prescription and he was like, what did she say to you to make you feel this way? And I was like, she didn't say anything. She literally didn't say anything. Right. Like I just started crying and I guess from my answers, so he was upset and I think he was upset because he felt like he was doing something wrong. Um, and Probably I'm like, confusion too because you guys didn't really get an answer. It's like kind of putting a Band-Aid on something. Yes. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm only six weeks postpartum. Like I'm not taking this medicine. Something is going to change. Like I just got to push through this. You know, I, I did have a pretty bad pregnancy. The delivery was hard and traumatic. So – Something's got to get better at some point. And I I don't really know like when it got so bad, but everybody kind of, you know, went back to their life and he was working and my mom had to go back to work and she was there every step of the way. And, and it was like I was there with her all the time by myself and I didn't want to leave her. Like I, I didn't want to put her down. My mom kept saying like, like even for a nap. Oh my God, she slept on me the whole time. Okay. Like I did not want to put her down. Like I loved everything about her. Like she was so cute and I just was like so into her, but I could not get it together. Like I didn't want to go on a walk and, and everyone would be like, why don't you just get up? Like would text me or call me and be like, what are you doing? Like, why don't you go outside? Why don't you go on a walk? Like whatever. And I'd be like, no, like I just don't feel like it. So you would just stay in the house with her all the time. Yes, but nobody knew why. Okay. And so I didn't want to go on a walk with her because I was afraid I was going to push her stroller into the street. Yeah. But I I didn't tell anybody that because I'm like, well, I can't say that. Like, they're going to think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, who goes on a walk and thinks like, oh my God, what if I just let the stroller go? It was just like having these like irrational thoughts that you like couldn't. And they now looking back on it, I know what they are and they're Mm -hmm. intrusive thoughts, but I had never even heard about an intrusive thought. And I think too, when you're actually living through something, you can't diagnose yourself. You can't figure out why you're thinking these things. And I think too, because they're not 
normal Mm -hmm. thoughts, you're going to not want to tell anybody because you're going to be scared of what people are going to think. And I wasn't so scared of what people would think of me. Mm -hmm. I was scared they were going to take my baby. Yeah. I was scared they were going to take her. I was scared my husband was going to leave me. I was scared like my whole life was going to fall apart because I was having these thoughts and like I felt like a horrible person. Like I felt like who was this person? Like one night my husband was going hunting and he was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to go. And I was like, no, please, please don't go. And he was like, you know, you're you're fine. Like you're fine. And and to him, I was fine because I wasn't saying anything. And I said, I did say to him, but what if I hit her? And if you know me, like, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, you, like, are not an aggressive, mean, violent, like, what do you mean? And so he was like, you would never do that. And I was like, but what if I, what if I did? But what if I did? And I think that he just knew me so well that, like, he knew she wasn't, in danger like he he was like okay like that's crazy but you're not gonna do that like I've never seen you do anything like that in your life so I think that's when things started really getting like bad but after that I never brought it up again I never told anybody what was going on not even your mom like no oh my god my mom had no idea nobody knew anything did they ever like Besides you knowing what was going on in your own head, like, did do you think anyone around you kind of noticed that you were, like, acting different or, or no? No, which was so bizarre because, you know, all people talk about is postpartum depression. And it's like, you're crying all the time. You don't want to be around your baby. Like, you stay in your room and you want other people to take care of them. Or, like, the baby crying sets you off. And, like, it was all things that weren't happening to me right so I would google search like postpartum depression like literally every day like and read it and be like I'm I don't think I'm depressed like I really don't think I'm depressed like I get up with her I don't want to be away from her I want people to come over like I'm not pushing anyone away trying to just isolate at all and all the symptoms I just I was like I guess I'm just crazy like I get like That's not what I have. So then I started to convince myself that I was having postpartum psychosis, which terrified me even more because then you actually really are like losing it. You're really losing it. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm really losing it, but I don't want to tell anybody that I think I'm really losing it because they're going to take my baby and they're going to throw me somewhere and like horrible things are going to happen. So I never mentioned anything to my mom at all. Like I... I think it was two days before my brother brought over a new girlfriend and I'd never met her before. And she came in and I just handed her the baby. Just handed her the baby. Like, I've never even met you before, but like, here, here's my baby. And I just like walked away. And I think it was because of all the thoughts I was having, she was safer with her than she was with me. Like, I was like, okay. Nothing can happen because I don't have her in my arms. Right. So you almost started like losing trust in yourself. Oh, absolutely. I'd become like my husband had had knee surgery and he never took his pain medicine. And like I'm so I was like, well, you know, what do you want to do with this? And he's like, just 
take it in the bathroom and dump it down the toilet. Like, I'm not going to take it. Like, we don't need to have that in the house. And I walked into the bathroom and I was like, what if I just took all of this? I'm like, what in the heck? And I got like that hot rush over my body and I dumped it down the toilet and I walked out of the bathroom and I never said anything to anybody. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my God. It's almost like you were going like crazy within your own head. Oh, it was like, horrible. I yeah, like because yeah. those are, it's almost like, thoughts that it's like the most extreme thoughts mm-hmm. is what was happening and yes. you're probably like this isn't me why the fuck am I thinking this way I was I yeah I thought I was crazy and, right. and like so I walk out of the bathroom and I never said a word about it to him and I was acting myself no one knew anything that was going on because it wasn't you couldn't see it right it, it was all like it mental. was all mental and I guess I had just like convinced myself that like that's just how I was and this was just postpartum stuff and like eventually it might go away and but I started getting really scared because I didn't want anything to happen. I didn't want anything to happen to me. I didn't want anything to happen to her and that's I think how everything started because I was so worried about something happening to her like she was my everything like she I was responsible for her little life and like nothing could happen. So I, I was like isolating us, but like not away from people, just away from like things that could happen to her. And I really started to worry, like what if something happened to her? And it was, I guess, like two days after my brother had come over and I called my mom because I was cry- I just sat on the toilet and I started crying. And my husband's like, you just need to get out of your own head, like go to bed. And I looked at him. I was like, yeah, no fucking shit. Of course I need to get out of my own head. Could you help me? Like, how could I, how can I do that? Like how, and I, I just broke down and I said to him, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And I said, I don't even know what this is. Like, I don't even know what this is. I can't explain to you what this is. I just cannot do it anymore. Like not, I wasn't, I didn't want to, that I didn't want to be a mom or a wife, or have a family, or a house, or I just, I couldn't get away from myself. I wouldn't drive the baby. I got to the point where I didn't even want to sleep in the same room with her. Because I was like, what if I wake up in the middle of the night and do something to her? But like, don't even know, I'm like, I was going insane. Yeah. Completely insane. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And do you think it kept getting worse? Oh, absolutely. But now I know why. So my mom, I called my mom and I was like, you have to come spend the night here. She was like, okay, like I'm at work, I'm leaving, you know, I'll, I'll be there. And so she came over and she spent the night and that was Friday. And then Saturday, she was going to my cousin's like bingo at her school. And she's like, I told them I was coming. I, I have to go to this. And I said, you can't leave me alone. Like, you can't go to the bingo. And she's like, okay, well, what if I drop you off at your aunt and uncle's house with Rivy? Like, I'll drive you there and you can stay at the house. And I was like, well, is Uncle Matt going to be there? I was like, "You're." I'm not being left. Like, I just kept saying, like, I can't be alone with the baby. Like, mm-hmm. I can't be alone. So we're driving and she says, so you, can you drop me off at the school and drive to to Matt's house? And we're sitting at this red light and I'm in the back with the baby and I'm like, yeah. And then all of a sudden I just sat there 
And I was like, I'm afraid I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, it was like word vomit, just completely like, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt her. I'm afraid I'm going to kill myself. I can't do this. I I can't drive the car. I can't drive the car. I can't drive this baby. I can't drive myself. Like, I, I can't do this. And I just started hysterically crying and just like everything just started pouring out of yeah. me that I'd been holding in at this point for three months. I feel like that was probably your breaking point of like your cry for help of like, I need help. Well, it know? was when it got to the point that I couldn't be in the room with Ribby. And I was like, this is not good. Like, this is not fair. This isn't fair to me. This isn't fair to her. Like, but I wasn't affecting anybody else's life. It wasn't like I was like screaming and yelling at everybody or didn't want anyone around or was keeping the baby away. So like nobody could see it. And even then my mom was like, okay, okay. And so she drove me there. And, you know, my uncle's like, it's all right. You know, everything. And I'm like, no. Were you still crying at this point? Oh, my God. I was hysterical. hysterically crying. Yeah. I just couldn't stop crying. I feel like once I opened that floodgate. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to stop. It was just like, oh, my God. And that night we went home and I wouldn't sleep in the room with Rivy. And that that I guess that was Sunday. And so then when you told all of this to your mom, did she like ask you any questions or she kind of was like calm down like my mom fine. has always just been very supportive okay and I think she didn't want to push because right. she could tell that I was like I'm not like that like mm-hmm. I'm I'm just kind of like even keeled all the time and like I don't cry a lot I'm not like super emotional I'm not very excitable like I'm not gonna be like jumping up and down screaming and like right. oh my god like yay I'm just kind of like all right like mm-hmm. okay so I think the fact that I was so upset she was kind of like oh something's wrong something's wrong yeah but but I still really wasn't saying anything like I had said like I'm afraid I'm gonna kill myself I'm afraid I'm gonna hurt her like I can't drive I just can't drive and then Monday morning rolled around and I was like take me to the hospital because I'm not doing this anymore like something's fucking wrong with me I'm insane I need help I can't do this anymore. My baby's not safe with me. I'm not safe with myself. I didn't even want to get in the shower by myself because I was scared I was going to do something to myself in the shower. What can you possibly do in the shower? Who knows? Like I was scared to do anything by myself. And I called my doctor, the OB, and she was just like, oh, honey, it's it's time. And I'm like, time? Right. Oh, it's Wait, was oh, this the same time? one that yes. prescribed? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, so I'm like, okay. So I go into Rivy's room and my mom's there and I'm sitting on her floor and I'm hysterically crying and I can't move. Like, I just can't move. Like, I'm like trying to pack clothes for her to make sure, you know, she was going to my aunt's house because my husband was working and I was just like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to get up off right. this bedroom floor to get in the car to go. So it was all voluntary, but it was still hard. So when you made this decision, did you call your husband right away and tell him or have your mom call him or anything or not yet? I did. Okay. I was like, I'm going to the hospital. And what did he say? Okay. 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 I'm like, okay. Okay. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll see you when I get there. <laughs> right. Um. And he didn't really know. Like, I don't think anyone really understands it unless right, you're going your through head. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was hard. 
Like I dropped my baby off and I knew, I knew what was happening. Like I knew I was going to the hospital. I knew that there was a good chance I might not be coming home that day or so we went to Howard County. I got admitted and they take everything from you. And now I'm a psych patient and I'm in purple scrubs and, you know, they take your phone. They take they take everything. So and, at this point, you had to tell them oh, yeah. everything you were thinking. Yes. Okay. And I remember being like, I, I kind of like I have been around people that have struggled with mental health and like have seen kind of the process of like when you do start getting help, like what happens and you know, if you are suicidal, they put a sitter in the room with you. And a lot of people get really upset about that because they're like, I don't need a babysitter. Like right. they're mad. Like I I don't need. And I'm like, put two, put three, like yeah. put them, Bring all. them all. If yeah. something is going to happen, like if they're here, nothing's going to happen. So that's that's how I I just So knew. even going in and admitting yourself, you were still scared. I was terrified. Terrified. So, yeah. Wow. And I'm like. Am I going to like somehow hurt myself in here? Like, that's why I, I was like, seriously, put two people in here. That's fine. Put three. Like, I don't want to be by myself because I knew I didn't want anything bad to happen. So yeah. I knew if other people were around like, oh, well, they're sane. Yeah, nothing. So gonna nothing's going to happen. Yeah. You know, like, and that was really hard, too. So I went to the hospital and then I was there, I think, for two nights. And then they transferred me to Shepherd Pratt. And, you know, I just kept saying, like, do like I am here to do whatever I need to do. Like, take me wherever, do whatever. They're like, we're Get gonna start you on the medicine. And I'm like, okay, can you know, can you just like make it work instantly at this point? I'm like, give me anything, I'll take anything. I don't wanna feel like this anymore. And I remember just saying to every nurse that came in there, like, am I ever gonna be better? Am I ever going to be better? And I was so screwed up to the point where I was scared to talk to the doctors because I was scared I was going to tell them I did something I didn't do. And I'm like, but what if I tell them I did this? But like, I didn't I didn't do any of it. Like, it was just a very hard thing. Yeah. And so I spent a week at Shepherd Pratt. Um, you know, and it's so, it's not funny, but like, well, you see me now in person, but like, I'm a really tiny person yeah. and like, I stand no chance against anybody, mm -hmm. but like, I'm a psych patient. So they have me like on the stretcher and they transported me from the hospital to- On a stretcher? In the ambulance. Like, and I'm like, can you just like unstrap me? Cause I promise like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm not right. going to do anything yeah. bad. Like, they're like- no, Protocol, we, we right? can't. And I'm like, oh, dang it. But come on. Like, if I do do something, like, you guys are way bigger than me. Like, I just don't want to be strapped yeah. in. And then I had to stay on the stretcher strapped down until I got into where I was going. And they closed the door and it was locked. And I, I like, immediately was like, I want to go home. I want to go home. I can't. I'm not spending the night here. Like, this is also too crazy to describe. So like they wheeled me in and like there's pay phones, like pay phones on the wall. Mm -hmm. So like you can get phone calls and call, but you can't have anything that isn't connected to the wall. And 
I'm like, you know, in a complete haze. Like I'm just like barely even like functioning at this point. And there is a girl on the phone that has like serious Tourette's and her tics, like she was like, it looked like she was convulsing, Mm -hmm. but she was like, it was just her tics. And like, I'd never really seen that before. Mm -hmm. So that's like the first thing I see. And then the next girl on the phone is schizophrenic and she's screaming she's screaming at I don't even know who she's talking to someone that she hears and it just really scared me but it has given me such like a different view on mental health than I had because like I was just just there like postpartum with postpartum depression but like it's a very very serious issue that's grouped with schizophrenic and bipolar disorder and you know different personality disorders like you're you're in a mental health facility with you know the most serious things people can deal with yeah I've always said that I don't think kind of like what you just said but I don't think anyone actually gets it unless they personally deal with it or they've seen someone that they're close to deal with it because I never knew either um, and I've told this story before. It's actually in another episode, which you'll see. But um, <laughs> like a guy I was with was over there. Yeah. And even me going there and visiting. Well, first of all, experiencing what he went through. But then right. going there, it's like something that you would never, it would just never cross your mind. And it really puts a lot into perspective of like what actually matters in this yes. life. And you're just like, wow, like. I didn't even know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it. Re- it's like a reality check in a way. And it's and it's sad because like you said, like, you know, I don't think enough people take mental health seriously. And it's, yeah. it's just unfortunate. It is. And like what you were saying about visiting. So I'm sure, I don't know where he was or what facility, but so my family would come and they would, you know, if you had a visitor, you'd line up, mm-hmm. like the door would unlock, someone yeah. would walk you. It's like you're in jail. Yes. And I've never been to jail, but like from what, you know. They're, yeah, they're pretty strict there. It's, they're very strict. Even coming in as a visitor, it's mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and now it was very emotional because I didn't want anyone to see me. Like everyone came to see me because I have such a supportive family. But like every person I would see, I'd hysterically start crying and they're visiting me in a cafeteria. Yeah. With like all these people watching you. And it was really hard. Like I didn't want anyone to see me like that. I didn't want anyone to have the experience. Like you were saying, like it's hard to see someone you yeah. really care about go through that. And my sister um, was like, I brought you pictures like of Rivi and Henry, my dog, and like, you know, all of our family. And I was like, I don't want them. Right. Like I don't, I, I don't want to take them in. And I don't know why. No, I think that makes sense. Like, I don't know if I just didn't want other people to see or if I was having such a hard time that like, I was like, I need to focus on what I need to focus on and not be like at that point, it was like nothing else mattered. I knew I had to get healthy. I think too, like at that point, like you said, it was like, you're in there at this point for yourself and your daughter. And it's like, you need to focus. And I almost think that like, I feel like I would be that way because it's almost like the separation of like, I don't want to think about anything else except getting the fuck better and like yes. getting on with my life. So I think I would be the same way. Like, yeah. I don't. And also, I think, too, in a weird way, it kind of is like somebody giving that to you and then putting it in your room. It's like it makes it more like feel more permanent. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, no, I'll just I'll see him when I get out. You know what I right. mean? I would. I think I would. 
react the same way. And it was really hard because, well, two, it was like a co-ed unit, which I don't know why in the world I thought like it was just going to be girls or women or whatever. Right. Yeah. But now I'm in there with like men and I started to like it. I was like, I feel safe here. Like, I feel like I'm getting better here. And my husband was like, because when he would come to visit, he, I'd be like, all right, like time to go. And he'd be like, do you like it in here? I was like, yeah, I do because I'm safe. Yeah. Like I knew I was in the right place. I knew that's where I needed to be. It didn't make it any easier, but I knew. It gave your mind a little bit of a break too. Yes. Because you had that comfort and safety around you that you that you hadn't had in so long mm-hmm. so it's probably like oh like relief you know what I mean yes yeah like I'm like oh nothing nothing is gonna happen here nothing is gonna happen to Rivi because she's not here she's not around me nothing is gonna happen to me because these people know what they're doing and they know how to get me better so I finally like started like settling in and I was like all right like I can do this mm-hmm. and um I remember sitting at the table and saying I need to get out of here like I need to get out of here so that no other mom has to do this. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I cannot believe, like, no one told, like, they say, like, oh, you know, watch her when you're leaving the hospital. The nurse is like, you know, keep an eye on her. Like, things can get bad. And that's all they say. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then they send you on your way. And it's like, okay, well, like, how bad can it get? How bad can it really be? Like, okay, I'm sad. I'm going to cry. Whatever. And then you move on. But yeah. that's not how it can be. And it wasn't until I was a week there, two weeks outpatient, and saw my therapist. And I went in there. Of course, like every time I'm telling this story, it's like so emotional. I'm just like crying. And I'm like, but I don't think I was depressed. Like I really don't. Oh, hello, There's kitty. kitty girl. <laughs> oh, kitty. Hello. Um, we always say that she's the she's um, so cute the support the emotional you are support. an emotional support you're so sweet all right come on <laughs> so that was my first appointment with my therapist and the second week I went in she was like so after you left I was doing a lot of research and I was like looking into what you were telling me and she's like I think this is what you have and I was like, well, you know, they've already diagnosed me like major depression. I'm like, what the hell? Like, so I'm when not you depressed. Went, when you were in Shepherd Pratt, did they die? Like, did they give you any information of like what they thought it would be? Did they just say it was? It was just major. I think it's grouped for postpartum for some reason as major, like major depressive disorder or, okay. major, or something like that. I don't right. really know. And then you were the still terms. on the medicines at this point. Yes. Okay. So why I was in the hospital first for a week was because they had, so they kept bumping it up. So it was like 25 milligrams and then 50. And then like as they started, so I would meet with a doctor every morning and as they would see like me not hysterically crying every time I talked about something or you know, they could tell, I mm-hmm. guess, I was getting better and like from the way I was talking to them and telling them how I was feeling, that's why I was able to leave because okay. um, they were like, all right, she's a, in a more stable. Did you feel ready? No. You didn't feel ready? It was like really hard because I had to have like a supervised visit with Revy. Like yeah. they had to bring her in to see how I would react or how I do. And I remember my husband and my mom brought her in and I looked at her and I was like, what? Like, that's my baby? Like, I don't even think I knew what she looked like anymore. Like, it was so, like, I think I was just in such a haze and, like, Mm -hmm. just going through the motions. And every day it was just, like, 
I got to get up. I got to take care of her. I got to feed her. You know, it just became so repetitive. And it was just like, I just got to do what I got to do. That when I looked at her, I was like, and I wanted to hold her. But when I held her, it was kind of like we were very unconnected. Like it wasn't like this, like, it felt like this overwhelming, like love or bond. It was like, all right, this is my baby. Like I'm ready. I'm getting, you know, more comfortable with the fact of going home. But I went home and I didn't let my mom leave for like a month after I was out. I was like, you you can't leave. And during this time, you were doing the two weeks of outpatient. You yes. Said, right? okay. So someone and I still wasn't comfortable driving. So yeah. someone it was like I had like a taxi service, mm-hmm. like someone, like whether it be my husband, take me and pick me up or my dad or my uncle or, you know, whoever didn't have Rivi, um, they would take me and they would drop me off. It was like going to school and yeah. I would be there all day. And then I would come home and then I would take care of Rivi. And, you know, it was just like a very surreal thing. But I was still afraid to be with her by myself because it was such a traumatic time. And I was so thankful that nothing ever happened to her or to me that I just was like, well, why can't like we just always be with people? And then it got to the point where I was like, I think I'm ready. Like, I think I'm ready. And and then I was fine. And I was fine with her and I just kind of like worked through that. Um, But it wasn't until that therapy appointment and she's like, I think this is what you have. And I was like, oh, and she's like postpartum OCD. And I was like, I never, I had never even heard about that. I never even thought that. Didn't come up in your research. Never. It was postpartum depression and psychosis. And that's it. Like that was it. Like when you Google postpartum, it's depression depression, depression, which is a very, very serious thing. Um, I think all of it kind of goes hand in hand though. Like you're anxious and you're worried and you're tired. And then, and then I think you start getting depressed. Like, I think a lot of it like plays off of each other. Um, but she started like listing all the symptoms and it was like, you're afraid you're going to hurt the baby. You're having like horrible thought, like everything that she said, checked every box, and then I was like, okay, I can go home. Like, I think I'm fine now. Like, I know what I have. I know what to deal with. Like, I can understand it. Right. And I think that was like the biggest thing for me is I couldn't understand it. Like, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know why it was happening. And I wanted to know why. And I wanted to be better. And after that, it was like, there's so many different things that can happen postpartum. And one of the major things is anxiety, which be- can become like crippling. But I think a lot of new moms just think like, you know, I'm just worried about my baby. Like this is just being a mom. But it's hard. It's really hard. And, you know, I was like, I need to tell everybody in the world about this. Everybody in the world needs to know about this. And not so that everybody is like, oh, poor her. Or like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe you had to go through this. Or like a pat on the back to me. It was like, I don't want any other mom to feel alone. Yeah. I want a mom to be able to text me and be like, I think I'm going to hurt my baby. Can you come over? Because who, like, there aren't many people you can say that to and that'll be like, yeah, I'm in the car. I'm coming. Right. Like, or that really get it without thinking like what's wrong. Or with aren't yeah. going to say like you would never do that. that like, are, brush like, it off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. And it's like you have no control over it. And I think that was a huge thing for me. Like that was really hard to understand like that my brain was doing this. I wasn't. Right. 
and it was just doing it all on its own. So the OCD started to make a lot of sense because I would have an intrusive thought and then I would obsess over the thought. So like the pushing the stroller into the road, like I had the thought and then I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to let the stroller go. And it just never left my mind. So then that was the obsession. And then the compulsion was I wouldn't go on a walk. I just avoided it. I just wouldn't do it. So like I wouldn't do the dishes because there were sharp knives and that could hurt Rivy. So I just stayed away from them. So there was like a lot of stuff that, you know, was supposed to be like enjoyable and fun. And it just became like daunting to do. You couldn't get yourself to do it. Anything but sitting with her on the couch, I think became like very hard for me to do. And like a fear almost too. That every, and it's so crazy because if you really think about it, there are so many ways you could hurt yourself. Yeah. And that's what was happening. I'm like, I'm not safe in this house. Like there are so many like different things that could happen or like I could do or this house is not safe. And I think that's why when we sold our house, I was like, goodbye, goodbye. This house, like I didn't want to go home to that house after the hospital. It just like, it was just such a traumatic time for me that like I didn't even want to be there. Yeah. So it was hard, but I mean, it definitely now gives me a whole new appreciation for not just like postpartum moms, but for mental health in general. Cause like you don't understand it. Like when you're like, oh, people are sad, like they're depressed. They, they can't get off the couch. It's like, well, just get the fuck up, mm-hmm. get up, like stand up, get off the couch and go do something. But like, it's not like that. Right. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody of course wants to get up and go do things and do fun things and, not have your brain, you know, all fucked up and whacked out and and not even understanding it. And it's sad. Yeah. And a lot of people don't can't get the help because it's super expensive. Right. And then the whole medication thing is great. Like, yeah, you can get the medication, but if you feel better, a lot of people stop taking it. Yeah. So do you still have to be on the medicine now? I like live for my medicine now. Really? Oh, yeah. So is it the same medicine that you've been on since all of this happened or is it like have they tweaked it or how does that I think I just got really lucky with the medication so I'm on two I'm on one like every morning I take it and then I'm on one at night to help me sleep Mm -hmm. um and now I'm like I need my medicine I need my medicine so is this like permanent like the medicine stuff like is that something that they said like you should probably stay on this for a while or is that kind of your choice so it's my choice Um, I see my psychiatrist now it's every two months. Um, and I was seeing my therapist every week for the past year, but now I've kind of like gotten away from that because I'm just feeling different and like in a different place. I mean, I definitely love her and I think I still need her. Um, but just she like answered your, yeah, just not as much. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was like another thing. Um, when I was still married, everyone would say like, are you, do you want to have another baby? And, you know, that's a really hard question to answer. And I don't think people understand the different levels that you can like peel back when you ask somebody that question. And it sounds like, oh, yeah, I'll just have another baby. But it was so much more than that. Like I would have to go off my medication and then I would have to see how I did off the medication. So it it would be more of like a process and like right. steps to take to have another baby. And it scares me. Mm-hmm. 
you know, everybody's like, well, every pregnancy can be really different. And I'm like, yeah, but what if it's the same? And I think too, like with something like that, it's going to be when you're ready and you're yeah. going to know. Like if you, if you might only want one. I mean, my mom always says one and done. Yeah. So, and that might be, you know, what you end up doing. But I think if there came a point in your life where you knew, okay, now I feel ready and comfortable and safe enough within my own body that I'm right. willing to try this. And if you're not there yet, you're mm. not there yet. You know what I mean? You might not ever be there and that's yeah. okay too. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like I think that, Going back to even what you said again before, people don't really understand unless they've gone through it. And it's not as easy as, oh, I'll just have another, yeah. you know, so. And I think with the medicine, like I said, I got lucky. A lot of people have to try like a bunch yeah. of different medications to before they works. find one really works for them and yep. like for their body and all that stuff. So it is the same that they started me on and I've been on it and it just has really helped, which it's also terrifying to go on medicine because, you know, you you hear all the things like symptoms can get worse. And that's what I was thinking, I think. Like, I can't get worse. Like, if I take the medicine and what if it makes me, like, they say, you know, you can become suicide. Like, I'm like, yeah. well, I already am. So what happens if it's like makes me even worse? And then I don't even realize it's making me worse because it's I'm scary. already in such a bad place. So it is scary. And I don't think people, you know, it's like, oh, we'll just start taking medication or just do this or just do that. But when you are really struggling like mentally, it's not so easy for everybody. So, you know, and a lot of, it's I read now I'm like research like crazy and yeah. like uh, like postpartum stuff and follow all these pages and read about it and read about other moms and it's a thing that happens to a lot, a lot of people and you yeah. never hear about it. Like right. it's not in the news. And I think like the, n the number one like leading cause of death in postpartum moms is suicide. Yeah. But like you don't hear that. Right. <laughs> She's so funny. A little baby. Hello. Um, you know, so that's sad too that it really yeah. isn't talked about and right. so many people struggle with it. Yeah. And I did like after I wrote my blog post, so many moms like reached out and were like, thank you so much for sharing this. Like I had probably, thoughts like that. Like yeah. I had thoughts I was going to like, what if I threw my baby off the deck? Right. And I'm like. Yeah, like you, by you even sharing your story in that way probably yeah. answered a lot of questions for people. Right. Because mm -hmm. if it's, I think in general, you know, we can go crazy with like Googling and trying right. to diagnose ourselves and if it's not on there, you're not typing in the right thing. Or even if you are, there's no way to really know. Right. So I think by writing something and explaining your own personal experience and then somebody reading that, almost like with your therapist saying it checked off every box, somebody yeah. else might read that and be like, wait, I had that and that. Mm -hmm. And then it, it helps them and it answers questions for right. them too, which I think is amazing. And also why it's great that you're coming on here and talking <laughs> about it because there's probably so many people that have struggled with something like this and still don't have answers. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're just, it's not really talked about. Right. And and even so, kind of like what we were talking about before, I almost feel like there's a lot of people that think you should just be this perfect mom. Right. And it doesn't always happen that way. We don't live in a perfect world. The world's a scary place. And we, our brains have so much control. Um, And even so, like when you give birth and like you're going through all that, it's like, your hormones are already all over the place. And I think that enough people aren't so like, it's sad that there's not like that every woman isn't supportive yeah. of that. And even the ones that 
maybe have a perfect pregnancy and delivery and they don't have these thoughts, they should be more open to those that don't have it that easy because why not? You know what I mean? It's just... And I'm like so supportive of people that have great pregnancies. I'm yeah. like, you go, girlfriend. Right. Like, like that is for you. awesome. I'm like, yeah. you dress that bump. You look cute. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Embrace it. Like, yeah. I do want to be a cheerleader for other people. And like, that was why I wanted to share because I wanted someone else that was feeling the way I felt to not feel like they were horrible or a bad mom or like that they were so screwed up. And you don't get that a lot, like because people don't want to share the bad things. Who's right. going to go out and be like, oh, I don't want to take a walk today because I'm afraid I'm going to push my baby into the road and watch her get hit yeah. by a car. Like nobody's going to say that. It's like and I didn't say that either on my Instagram. It's like this cute picture of me with the stroller, like with makeup on, dressed up, like smiling. You would have never known. Right. That's not actually how you felt. And that is not how I felt. And I think I after all this, I was like, I need to tell everybody the truth. Yeah. Like, because I would post like cute stuff like that or like, you know, these like we're taking a nap on the couch or like things are fine. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing maybe someone else an injustice because I'm another person that's just pretending like everything's okay. Yeah. And it was, you know, really nice to have people reach out to me because then I didn't feel alone. And I think like you do need a community of people that you can talk to. Absolutely. And not be embarrassed about it or not be afraid to say like the most horrible thought you've ever had because you're scared someone's going to be like calling CPS and like Mm -hmm. taking your baby from you. And and that's hard. And you do feel like people are going to hold it against you or your kids are going to get taken away from you. And, And that in itself is terrifying. So it's like, well, I would rather just deal with this and not say anything than like lose my child. Yeah, or like like you said, hope it goes away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot, but I think it's important to talk about. Absolutely. So after everything got better and you were feeling better and that everything was going great with the medicine, how were things with your marriage? Like did it have any effect at all? I think that pregnancy affects marriages, whether they're good or bad. Um, it's a whole new life that you bring into your family and it's hard I think my marriage definitely struggled while I was pregnant like I couldn't do anything I was throwing up all the time I didn't want to be touched like I literally did not want anybody near me and I do think that's a big part of a relationship is a physical part and you know just like the intimacy and like driving in the car together and having conversations and eating dinner together and For us, it wasn't like that. Like we'd be eating dinner together and then I'd be two bites in and throwing up and coming back and eating the same thing. And he'd be like, you're seriously going to eat that? And I'm like, I'm hungry. Like I'm so hungry. So like it wasn't a normal, you know, as if there's a normal marriage, you know, like it wasn't like that. Um, And then it was hard after, you know, it's an adjustment having a baby. You're tired. They're tired. He was working. I was staying home. The dynamics of our relationship definitely shifted. And he wasn't at the top of my list anymore. Um, I think that really affected our marriage. Rivi was my number one priority. And then after I struggled, I became my number one priority. And then Rivi was next. And then he was after that because having kids like that's what I had always wanted to do was be a mom be a stay-at-home mom you know have all these little babies running around and take care of them and and I think our marriage definitely struggled from that um because 
I'm not the type of person that ever puts myself first. I'm more of like give, 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 give to everybody else. And I think the whole experience definitely shifted. And I like my perspective and I wanted things to be more about me and how I felt and how I was doing. And I think he struggled with that um, because, you know, I was always just like, oh, you want to go hunting? Okay, I'm coming. Oh, you're going fishing? He'd be like, yeah, like, you know, come on, like, let's go, we're going. And, you know, he always included me in everything, but I never said no. I just did it. And I did it to be with him. And then I had a baby. And I wasn't, I couldn't just go do everything. Number one, like when, right when I first had her, (laughs) (laughs) when I was pregnant, I couldn't do any of that because I just didn't feel good. And it just wasn't something I could do. And then when I had her, like, I'm not taking this little infant to do all that kind of stuff. Um, And I think that that was hard. Like, I changed. I changed who I was. I suddenly, like, stood up for myself more. And, and, you know, I was like, "I'm, I'm a mom. Like, I need to stand up for myself so that I can stand up for her and protect her. And it definitely changed our marriage, I think. Um, which, you know, all good things come to an end at some point. So and I was just saying too today when I was talking to Claudia, it was like, I think that two people either grow together or they mm -hmm. grow apart. And I think that it's so normal because look at friendships. It can happen with friendships too, where you could be best friends with somebody for like 20 years and then maybe you guys just grow apart and your interests change. So I think that it's really common and it's really normal. Um, and it sucks because, oh. you know, you build something with someone, you have a baby with them, you right. know, and it's, but when dynamics change, I think that if you have the strength and I always like, I'm, I love like independence, like yeah. for myself and I love to see it in other people, even in relationships. So I feel like if you got to that point, especially after what you went through to really put your foot down and be like, eh, it's time to put myself first and my yeah. baby first, like that, I, in my opinion, I think that's great. And I think that it's yeah. motherly instinct also. And I just think that either you guys work that out and it works in that Mm -hmm. direction or it doesn't. And it's understandable for both sides, you know? And I think in general, whenever, and this goes for your family members too and your friends, you know, it is a lot and it's scary for everyone. Like what you were going through, Mm -hmm. it doesn't just affect you. Like I'm sure that your family was scared. You know, your husband was scared. And it's a lot for everyone. But I think that in my opinion, those times kind of, they define everything. And I feel like they show like, okay, this is my support group. And you know, like shit happens, you know what I mean? And I think that people can be there and get through it. Or sometimes it might, it might just be too much. And and that was obviously something that neither one of you expected to happen, but it did. And I think that clearly you came out stronger and you also came out with, like you said, so many more realizations about life, about mental health, about, Mm -hmm. you know, pregnancy everything so I think that it's really helped you grow into this new person and having being able to help others and almost be a voice that can reach other people yeah and that was something that was super important to me like I'm not confrontational like I hate confrontation and all of a sudden like I feel like I'm like standing up for myself and like saying like no I don't like this Like, I think that some of that has helped from therapy and like learning what boundaries are and being like, no, you're allowed to have boundaries. Like you can say no, or you don't want to do this, or that doesn't work for me, which is super important. I'd never even heard that word in my life. And I'm 32. 
like to set a boundary be like no i don't like that right i'm not doing it and, and that's okay things too yeah it yeah. could even be like you said like if you didn't want to go fishing that day fuck it no i don't want to go fishing right. you know what i mean like and i'm not going mm -hmm. and i don't care i'm not going i don't want to do that and i think i finally started being like nope yeah i'm not gonna do that oh this bothers me i'm gonna let you know oh i don't like this i don't like this like right. And if you don't like that, I don't like it. Like, I don't know what you want me to do, but I don't like it. And it has changed a lot. Like, I think I'm definitely a totally different person right. for sure. And I think a lot of that has to do with what I've been through. And, you know, every time I like feel like, okay, I'm through this. Hump. Like it was pregnancy. I'm like over that hump. You know, now I've got this baby. Then it was postpartum. I'm like, all right. And then it was my divorce. And I'm like, you know, but you get through it. And I think that all of those things are building me into who I'm supposed to be and to be a great mom and to show my daughter like it's okay for things not to work. It's okay to stand up for yourself. And I want nothing more than for her to have a great relationship with her father. I yeah. think she needs that. I think that's very important in her life. But, you know, then that shifts the dynamics of my whole life again, because now I'm parenting with someone that I'm not living with you know so that that gets hard yeah it's like everything it takes adjusting yes and figuring out what works mm -hmm. you know it, it definitely can be difficult but I do agree like I think that you know I think that a lot of people are in this rush or think that they're supposed to have it all figured out by a certain age or a certain right. time and there is no time and also so many things can happen in life that you don't expect to happen that help develop you and help change you and like form you into an even even better person and somebody that you know can have a, more of a voice and just like I said has more clarity and realizations on so yeah. many different things that maybe five years ago you weren't that person and you didn't think that way but now you do yeah you know oh for sure and like you know just with the postpartum stuff like being a voice I'm like I want to be like everywhere like I had started, of course, like everything shifts and stuff, but I had been like, everybody needs to know about this. And like, I need to find a way that moms don't feel alone and moms don't go home from the hospital with like this stupid piece of paper with postpartum that's like in a package of, you know, a hundred pages yeah. from the hospital. And I, I couldn't even tell you what happened to that once we left the hospital. It's like all about, you know, postpartum stuff. And I was like, how can I do this in a different way than a piece of paper? So... I started a like nonprofit like website and Instagram page and like made these little cards and bracelets that I was like every mom that delivers should get this and like if they want to read it they read it but like they have a bracelet and you know it it just pretty much said like you're not alone like if you're struggling or like you need help and then like on the website it had my story and I put like my face to it my name to it and what the bracelet stood for, like what it was all about. And then on it, it has every single postpartum disorder that you can have. Yeah. Um, and I put a lot of time and research into that. And that is something that now that I'm, you know, in a different place, I do want to spend more time with and really do it and like getting the bracelets into the hospitals. And, and, you know, some people struggle with this and it could be their seventh child. Right. So, you know, so it's like, oh, you know, I've never, and then it happens and you're like, what is going on? Right. And it can, it doesn't have to be a first time mom. So I do think it's important for people to have a place to like just read about it. And then I had shared like 
books that I had read after this that like I had no idea even existed, you know, and then like those helped me. Um, and I think it's just all understanding it, not feeling alone and knowing that other other people do struggle and, and have that. And, you know, of course, people would probably look at my Instagram feed and think that like, all I have is good days and like Rivy's so cute and always dressed, you know, but I, those are the only things I post. Yeah. Half the time she's running around with her hair not brushed and, you know, we're at home just hanging out and she's a normal toddler and like we have a life that isn't perfect. And, you know, she's going through a lot. So I know that I have to be my best because I have to be there for her. And like be her rock. And and I think that being a mom has totally changed me in that aspect. I'm like, I want to be independent. I want to do things for myself. Like I don't need anybody else. Like I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to take care of myself. Like I want to be someone that people look at and admire and like are like, wow, she like she has handled this and like done it and gotten through it, but also be a support system for people that are having a hard time going through it because like divorce is not easy either. You know, like that's that's a whole nother ballgame right there. Like you you think you're going to spend your whole life with this person and that's a big life event to get divorced. Um, So that can really affect people. And then people with young kids like it's a lot like people go through a lot in life and it's a lot of changes, too. And it's a lot yes. on one person for sure. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of change. Rivi went to school and I've been with her since she was born. So mm-hmm. she'll be three at the end of the month. And it was like, oh, my gosh, she's like, growing up. She's growing up and like I'm not with her every day and she's in school. And like that's a big change, you know, and I went back to work and I hadn't worked for three years. So like there's a lot of change going on and some people don't handle change well. Yeah. And I think change for me, I'm like, okay, a change is good. It's got to be good. Like might have some bad, but, you know, for the most part, I'm trying to look at it like changes are good. Changes have to be good. So everything changes. Mm -hmm. Everything changes. Yeah. And I think what you said, I think it's so amazing. So you have a website, you said, right? Or is it like a blog? It's a website. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can I put it in the bio? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. No, I think that's amazing. I think that the bracelet thing, like that's so creative and such a good idea because even if somebody doesn't go through exactly what you went through, they will have a hard day, I'm sure, with a yes. newborn. So if they have that information or that bracelet, just a reminder of like, you're not alone, I yeah. think that can be so helpful to people. And I think that it's so amazing that you were able to – I always think it's amazing when anybody can take something that's happened to them and turn it into something positive to help other people. And I feel like that's what you have done and what you're – what you plan on continuing to do and I just think that's amazing like I really think that is such a good idea I love that and like it was for to like building a community like it was like how can I do this and like I can't make all these bracelets myself either you know like I'm like but that could be fun like the local wineries like doing a night with the winery that like makes them money and supporting local businesses but like a group of moms come and like you drink wine and talk and meet new moms and maybe you know connect with someone that you've never met before or you know, you find out something new about something from someone you have known. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just a community. And it's just something fun. Like you can come and make the bracelets and you know that you're going to help another mom or and and maybe you haven't experienced it. But like, 
you have had someone close to you that has and like you want to be there and like build other moms up. So that was it too. Like I wanted it to be something fun and I'm like, and there's no way I can do all this by myself. So like I'm I'm like, I need a tribe. Like I need a mama tribe. Like I need all these people to like help. And that is really what it's about. Like being able to text your friends and being like, what the fuck is wrong with these kids? Like, what are we doing? Why did we do this to ourselves? You know, and like them text you back and be like, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. But so like, and that, you know, that's important. Like, I'm sure you have friends that you text and you're like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I was going to say too, I agree. Like, you know, you can have your friends and your family and that's always Mm -hmm. great. They're always going to be, you know, that I feel like core support. But when you go through something, if you're able to build a community or find a community that other people have shared that experience, right. you, re- I think it it opens up a door to really make you feel like your voice is being heard. Mm-hmm. And you're part of a community that's like totally unbiased and they're yes. all there for the same reason. They can all relate in some way. And it's no longer the people that almost have to be there because right. they're your friends and family, but people that really get it. And I think that that is so good for you mentally and anyone mentally that goes through through anything. Right. I mean, even like the loss of a parent, if you're oh, able yeah. to go to a, like a grief group or something, mm-hmm. it's, I think all of those things, it's almost like a safe, safe place, right. you know, to relate to other people yes. and meet people. And I think even like you said, even if it's not someone who's gone through it, just to meet new people that have kids that you can talk right. to and even learn from and get and vice versa. I think mm-hmm. that that's. It's just great. And I think that it's so important in any case, you know, in life. And I think like that's the, you know, I was just like, I need to get out of this hospital. Like I need to talk about this. I need to tell everybody about this. Like people need to know. And look where you are now. You're talking about it on the podcast. I know, I know. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, should I do that? You know, and of course, like coming on here, like I text my sisters this morning. I'm like, oh God, do I do it? Should I just not go? And they're like, why wouldn't you go? Like it's something you're very passionate about. Like it's something you want people to know. But it is scary. Like I've said, like, of course, like saying these things on a platform that like people can judge me and like, oh, my God, like that crazy bitch, like she wanted to push her child into the road. Like, I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there that like doesn't get it and and is thinking that. But I don't want those kind of people to take away from all the other people that need it. No, absolutely not. And I I will say, too you're such a natural like you told it I think you told your story so well thank you seriously (laughs) and you can tell that you really you have a very good like grip on your story and you are passionate about getting it out there and expressing what you went through where you are and then also how you want to help and I think that no one can take that away from you so no matter what somebody wants to say that doesn't change what happened so like say it all you want but it's not going to change your story. You know right. what I mean? And if anything, that's just a waste of their energy. And you're still, that's not going to take away from the people that you do help. That's how right. I look at it. And like I said, I think that you did such, a, like really, you did such an amazing Thank job. You. Like I, and you're so, <laughs> I love like there's certain people that it's just like very easy to listen to them. And like, yeah. are, you did so great. Like I'm so proud of Thank you. Thank you. And I'm so glad that you came on and shared it. And I think, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm going to put the link okay. in the bio because I think that, that's yeah. just I I love that. I think that's really incredible that you're doing something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think and the great. Instagram isn't just like facts. So I tried to make it more about moms. So like it's not very big, but I wanted it to be like moms telling their stories. Mm-hmm. And like so it's like a, a fact and then like 
a mom and like a picture of her and like how she handled postpartum and you know and some people like I don't want it to just be like oh I struggled like I do want it also to be like you know I had a great postpartum and like the connection I felt with my baby was like nothing I've ever felt before because what mom doesn't want that and there's also moms out there that can relate and maybe they're having a bad day and their baby's screaming and like they can't handle it and then they read something like that like and they can feel that again yeah like that like reminder that like oh my gosh I felt that too like that connection and this is my baby and you know like so it's not only like Oh, I struggled. I struggled. I want it to be just a good community for moms in general. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's awesome. Thank I love you. It. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? Or was that? No, I'm good. good. Well, yeah. thank you so much. I, I loved your story. I think that it's going to help a lot of people. And I think that you should be so proud of yourself for you. feeling confident within yourself enough to share it. I mean, that right there, I feel like even because like I was saying or how you said you've changed so much there's a chance that years ago you wouldn't have felt comfortable to do this. And oh, I feel like, absolutely. right. So like, look at that. <laughs> like, this is a big thing. Yeah. So I feel like coming on here and feeling like strong enough and confident enough to express that and wanting to help so many people is incredible. And you should give yourself credit for that. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> thank and you. thank you so much for coming. Thanks on. for having me. Of course. <laughs>